Hello, this is Melanie McMullen and Hannah Hurley, and you're listening to the IoT Integrator Wire, brought to you by the Channel Company and sponsored by Intel. We focus on integrators and innovators who are building Internet of Things technology solutions. Our stories are available online at www.theiotintegrator.com, on Twitter at IoT Solution Provider, and on Flipboard at the IoT Integrator Update. And this is episode 28, Holograms, Beacons, and More, Transformative Retail Technology. And today we welcome Matt Tyler, who's the Vice President of Strategic Innovation and Business Development at Wachter. Matt has more than 20 years of success in IT and OT within retail, healthcare, industrial, and commercial markets. He holds a key leadership position in IoT for Wachter as he works with customers and manufacturers to architect solutions and drive collaboration. Matt also currently serves on the channel company's IoT advisory board, and he's an advisory board member for Intel. And so just for anyone not familiar with Wachter or who needs help spelling it correctly, like I sometimes do, um, you can connect with them at W-A-C-H-T-E-R.com or find them on Twitter at Wachter Inc. So welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. So first off, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your day-to-day at Wachter. Yeah, Wachter is a 92-year-old family-owned organization. Uh, we're, we're a solutions integrator that services North America primarily. And I've been with the company for 18 years now. Uh, I started off as an electric uh, electrician and a cable installer out in the field and kind of worked my way up through the ranks um, to now being in charge of our go-to-market solutions and new business development. So uh, on a day-to-day basis, you know, I'm working with uh, internal teams on what new products are out there to support. So we, uh, we have about 2,000 uh, electricians and data technicians across the country installing products. So it's uh, one of my primary functions to keep everybody abreast of all the new technologies that are coming out from our manufacturing partners, but also working with customers and our business development team on uh, showing and demonstrating the, the, the capabilities of the new technologies, but more importantly, what the return on investment is for our customers. So a lot of uh, collaboration with those folks um, in, in better understanding how technology can impact our world. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, you've come full circle since the days of um, electricity and cabling. That's pretty, that's pretty, you've been from the ground up for sure. So we haven't talked about retail technology since before the pandemic. And I, and I know the pandemic really has ignited all kinds of innovation in retail. We've seen automation, contactless shopping, inventory, robots, and customer experience solutions really um, transformed during the last two years. What are some of the most in-demand retail technologies that you're seeing right now? So, you know, as, as everyone's aware, you know, during the pandemic, online shopping became more uh, more of a day-to-day function uh, for everybody. That That's really how everyone got their products uh, delivered to their houses. And fulfillment of those orders is a, you know, is a critical aspect of our retail customers and, and how do they deliver and how do they compete with the, the big Amazons and the Alibabas of the world? How do, how do they get their products out there faster? So we've been engaged in consulting with our customers on everything from micro fulfillment centers where they may have a brick and mortar store and we're building a small distribution center virtually in the back room. Um, to help fulfill those uh, same day orders or next day orders that some of the big online retailers can accommodate. Uh, so definitely around automation, logistics, and conveyance is um, 
a big technology that really I don't think that the general public gets to see too much. So we're doing a lot in that space as well. Um, attracting people back into the brick and mortar stores is another big one. How do how does a, a traditional retailer lure the customer back out of their houses, get them in front of the products to really experience it rather than just sitting behind a computer? And you know, they're looking at everything from new lighting, new audio, uh, visual, so any kind of digital signage, whether it's 4K or 8K, even holographic um, technology is new, um, new products that we're starting to sell and service for our customers. So it's definitely, um, it, it's the logistical side, but then it's also the getting people back out into the store side from a technology aspect. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed being in a store recently how much things have really changed and turned on their head from inventory to the whole experience in the store and people sending you coupons. So we've written about many IoT applications also related to geofencing and beacons in retail stores and even in event centers as people come back to events. Describe how some of that technology is being used in some of the successful applications that Walker's been working on. Yeah, geofencing and beacons have been um, a technology that retailers have been trying to get a hold of and, and really make work in their environments for a number of years now. And it, it does pretty well. Um, there are some physical limitations and some adoption limitations that come into play, you know, especially if you're even utilizing cameras or for facial recognition, um, really trying to to deliver the data that online retailers collect about their customers, you know, the, the brick and mortar retailers are trying to capture the same. So Walker, we've, um, we've partnered up with some lighting manufacturers in, in implementing VLC technology, which is visual light communication, where we're installing new IP or uh, power over ethernet light fixtures within these um, facilities and, and buildings. And the light fixtures embed an invisible frequency code into the, the light itself. So it's invisible to the human eye, but through the camera on your cell phone or your device, it can understand where you are, who you are. There's a number of different um, characteristics it can pick up on that is far less invasive than maybe utilizing beacons or Wi-Fi for geofencing. And the other thing is it's far more accurate. So you know, with geofencing and utilizing RF frequency, it, it's very challenging to understand between floors, I should say, um, or, you know, other obstacles that may shield that Wi-Fi. With the lighting technology or the VLC technology, we're able to give, get down to the millimeter accuracy of location. Um, also with opt-ins in, in the apps, the store apps, we can understand buying patterns, previous purchases, things like that, really uh, allowing our retail customers to have online-like analytics on their customer base. And that's pretty fascinating. So what they're looking at then is, say, how long a customer might linger at a, at a kiosk or at, you know, on, a, on an aisle? What, kind of, what yeah. kind of data are they getting from that? So my wife may go online and create a shopping list for me to stop at the grocery store on my way home. I get that message within the, the grocery store application. And when I walk into the store, my phone automatically picks up uh, the, the invisible light spectrum coming from those lights. And it will give me a breadcrumb trail guide to that shopping list my wife sent me. 
along the way, it may, the, the store app may automatically give me coupons. They may give me um, complimentary wine to go with a pasta that my wife told me to pick up. Uh, they can really interact. The, the stores can automate and interact with our customers while providing them a, a fast and efficient shopping experience um, on-premise. Wow, that's pretty cool. I've I've never I haven't read too much about that. I want to talk to you more about that in the future. So we've also written about um, some quick serve restaurants. We've been we just wrote one up about a um, a restaurant in San Francisco where robots are completely making the meal, and we talked about a, a robot pizza maker in L.A. So QSRs have really radically transformed in the last year. And can you talk about some of the innovations? that you're seeing in QSRs, everything from digital signs and ordering systems? Yeah, absolutely. So we do service a number of uh, quick serve restaurants and we've seen a radical change in their business model. Uh, you know, the reduction of the dining room areas, the increase of drive-through lanes because that's the way their customers want to engage more. Um, the, in, in quick serve restaurants, the, the, their two biggest costs are the labor to make the food, keep the lights on in the restaurant, make sure things are uh, clean and, and safe. And then number two is food waste. So we see a lot of automation and even AI wrapped around uh, those two cost savings. So for example, we may place some cameras in a parking lot of a quick serve restaurant and running some AI analytics, we can classify a bus versus a car versus a motorcycle and anticipate the number of people that are about to enter the store. So rather than at you know 11.30, they put down 25 pounds of fries and hopefully someone comes in to buy those fries, the, the, the AI analytics will automatically monitor the exterior of the building, do some predictive analysis and talk directly to the French fryers and drop the required amount that is anticipated to come through the door. Ultimately, it's machine to machine, so you're you're alleviating the need for more people within the restaurant. And then two, you're not just cooking food in hopes that someone's coming in. You're actually cooking it on demand, which ultimately leads to a better customer experience because your food is there faster, it's fresher, and really it's a it's a frictionless transaction walking in and out. Even on top of that, uh, going through drive-through, uh, completely automated order taking through AI. So I would predict in the next two years, any drive-through that you may go through, you're not going to be talking to a real human being anymore. You're going to be placing an order with an AI bot that ultimately places the order back through those automated machines that are frying and cooking you know, hamburgers and things like that. That's all pretty fascinating. That's not my experience yet at In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> it, like you said, slow two years. Adoption. <laughs> yep, yep. It's a slow adoption to get all the bugs worked out. I, everybody wants it right now. It's just uh, a little refinement going on by the manufacturers. So I have to admit, I'm not a great shopper and I'm not out there a lot. So help educate me. Tell me about the virtual and augmented reality applications that are out there and especially around holograms. What are some of the things that are going on and are these niche technologies or do you see them really taking off in the future? It's definitely the, the holograms and the volumetric displays that we're dealing with right now are the wow. Uh, if, if you ever have a chance to experience it, 
Um, it, it's absolutely amazing. And until you see it in person, you really can't quite understand it. And it's difficult for me to describe it. But I foresee holographic technology and volumetric display technology being the path of the future for retailers, especially in fashion and in, in boutique retail, where you can have a virtual runway fashion show right in a store. And you see people full size. Um, the, the, the content can change based off of the demographics who are watching. So, you know, utilizing some Intel RealSense technology, we can understand if it's uh, two men uh, standing in front of the, the, the display and we can dynamically, automatically and dynamically change the content based off of who's looking at it. We can act, we can integrate to the lighting systems as well. So if a, if a model comes out wearing a pair of jeans and a blue shirt, we can intensify the lighting on the physical product within the store while the person's watching it in the hologram. So it's really a truly immersive experience for the shopper. And that's the technology that's drawing people away from their computers. Because once you see that and once you experience it, it it's hard to go back to looking at a flat panel monitor anymore. Yeah, that, that could get me out there for sure. That sounds really interesting. Some of the other um, items that we keep hearing about security, biometric ID, and access control solutions are also really getting a lot of attention. Can you describe how these work and what kinds of businesses are installing them? Yeah, whether it's physical security or, or cybersecurity, everybody has to be aware of what's going around or going on in, in the world. Um, there's threat vectors from any which way to secure a premise or to secure an infrastructure is top of mind for all of our customers. So, you know, things like biometrics, um, fingerprints, palm, iris scans, th there's a number of different manufacturers that make all of these different readers. Um, and really, it, it's up to us as an integrator to consult and work with our customers on the best placement or the best technology to use in, in securing a facility. Access control is becoming far more popular, not just from doors, right? Securing the exterior of a building and trying to keep people from coming in, but even down to IDF closets or, or MDF closets, basically where all the cabling goes back to. You know, we have retail customers that have very sensitive data whether it's um, PCI compliance or maybe it's in a hospital and it's a HIPAA compliant perspective, they can't have just anyone having access to those closets. And it could just be a cabinet up in the ceiling. It could be a, a dedicated room down in the basement. Um, utilizing access control in conjunction with the biometrics ensures that only the right people are gaining access at the right time. And then even in taking that beyond video as a sensor is a very hot topic for us as well. So everyone knows that within physical security, cameras have always been around. You know, as long as any of us have been been on this earth, cameras have been involved in, in some way, shape, or form. But we have customers that are maximizing those investments of cameras, you know, just beyond physical security, but to run analytics, you know, people counting, dwell times, heat maps, really understanding the utilization of their spaces. So facilities is taking advantage of the data that's coming from these cameras in conjunction with the access control. You know how many people have come in, how long they've been in there. 
you know, when they have left all sorts of good, good information there. Marketing takes advantage of that data as well. Even sustainability uh, folks within the organization, they can better understand, you know, heating and cooling levels and how much waste is going on through video and utilizing cameras as a sensor. So all around you know, securing data, intellectual property, this, the health and well-being of employees and customers within these facilities, all of that, biometrics, access control, video surveillance, they all need to be integrated together to give a comprehensive solution to our customers, but that also gives them more um, return on their investment as well. So looking beyond just security, but to other things such as marketing and you know, sustainability. These use cases feel really ahead of the curve. And I'm wondering, it sounds like you've got so much great experience working with different technologies and different customers. What advice do you have for other integrators who might be looking for partners in these IoT projects? We've been working very hard at answering this. So technology solutions aren't becoming less complex by any means, <laughs> especially when it comes into you know, holographic technology or biometrics. My best advice to other integrators in the field is don't be afraid to partner with other integrators. Um, we've learned through many years of IoT purgatory, right? We do a lot of proof of concepts where we go and prove out a solution through, you know, bubble gum and duct tape and it, and it works, but maybe it can can't go to scale because there's a gap in the solution. There's a gap in the expertise. So you have to bring in another partner. Could even be your competitor, but there, there's some language in contracts that can be written that can protect your relationship with your customer. And really, if you're willing to share <laughs> and, and really build up trust between you and maybe your competitor or other partners in that space, you're going to get a lot further. We've seen all of our IoT projects that may have gotten stuck in purgatory accelerate once we brought in someone that has a, 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 a solution or a skill set that can fill in a gap in an overall uh, solution that a customer is looking for. So all in all, my best advice is, you know, be willing to partner. You, you, you need to protect your customer at the same time, but um, I, I think everybody understands that the, the solutions aren't any less complex. So to help your customer, help yourself by partnering. Yeah, it's so true. It's just getting uh, more complicated. And the more smart people you can get in the same room, the better these projects will end. As yeah. you look ahead, what do you see as the next big innovation in IoT? I think it's going to be the advancement in AI. I think the this, this sensing tech technology is pretty sound right now. The backhaul technology, whether it's Wi-Fi, LoRaWAN, BLE really doesn't matter the, the backhaul to get that sensing data back to a uh, central repository is pretty solid and it has been long lived. It's what do we do with that data and how do we make it actionable? Uh, we foresee artificial intelligence being able to automate a lot of things and tasks that our customers have uh, without really disrupting too much. Um, it, it, as far as the workforce goes, trying to find people to, to do the jobs these days is very challenging for our customers. So how do you take someone that has, has no retail experience, for example, and make them a store manager in less than a week, say at uh, a, a department store? 
Well, through sensing technology and better understanding how many people have come through the building, what the temperatures are, if anything is broken, uh, AI can now craft a score for the retailer and produce actionable insights back to, say, that new hire that just has no retail experience and allow them to be a store manager that traditionally would need years of experience to be able to operate a store. Well, now they all they have to do is look at their smartphone and just say yes or no to a bunch of questions. And essentially, the, 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 the AI will take care of the rest for them. So we really feel the acceleration and the advancements in AI are going to be the game changers, what's really going to set you know the winners from the losers. Well, thanks, Matt. This has been really fascinating. I can't, um, I'm very excited to go out and try to find some of those uh, hologram on the runway. That's pretty, pretty interesting. And also of how to avoid IoT purgatory. I, I love that phrase. So um, I'm, people really learned a lot from uh, what's going on with, at Walker. Thanks for having me. So this is Melanie McMullen and Hannah Hurley, and you've been listening to the IoT Integrator Wire sponsored by Intel. You can learn more about IoT solutions on our website at www.iotintegrator.com or follow us on Twitter at IoT Solution Provider and on Flipboard at the IoT Integrator Update. Thanks for listening and stay connected.